Welcome to the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Delenia Agresta, and I am a weight-inclusive registered dietitian. I started this podcast to help people like you heal their relationship with their bodies and food. Each week, there is a new episode that talks about different topics surrounding eating disorder recovery, diet culture, weight inclusivity, and more. So stay tuned, and thanks for listening. Hello friends, welcome back to the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast. This is your host, Eleni, and as always, I am so grateful to have you here with me today. Welcome to day nine of the 12 days of Christmas. I cannot believe that we are almost done with the holiday special for this year. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying this as much as I have. Um, It really has been such an honor and a privilege to have on all of these amazing guests. And today we have on another amazing guest. She is a new friend and a dietitian. Her name is Kimmy Singh. And we are going to talk about uncommon or maybe unpopular topics in regards to PCOS, which for those of you who may not know, polycystic ovary syndrome, I myself have it. And I have spoken extensively on this podcast about it. So it was really exciting to have another dietitian on to talk about it. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Kimmy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and being a part of the holiday special. Oh, my pleasure. I love the holidays. So I yeah, when you reached out, I was very excited. (laughs) I was so excited. And like, of course, because I was like a maniac, sending out a zillion emails from my phone, I like I think I emailed like the wrong email and I was like, oh my God, I I never sent her the other email. And so I was so glad that you were able to make time. So thank you so much for Mm -hmm. making time for us. My pleasure. My pleasure. So can you give the listeners a little bit of a background about you? Um, You're obviously a dietitian. um, And so, yeah, just give them maybe a little bit of a backstory, a little history and what you do now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a dietitian here in New York City. I work with folks that have PCOS. I also try to engage in some activism around like fat body liberation. Um, What else? Yeah, I I enjoy working with folks that have eating disorders. And when I'm not working and offering nutrition counseling, I'm usually, I try to do some traveling. I like baking. I have two cats, so they're really fun and crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cute. I need to like, you could send me a picture of them because I'm like obsessed. Uh, yeah cats are so much fun do you have There's, cats? I, don't know I have a I have a dog she's a pug and her name is Penelope oh uh, my god what I'm obsessed with pugs oh my gosh and the fact that a pug named Penelope isn't that oh, so funny goodness. yeah before I met her I like had some names in mind and then when I met her I was like oh my god she's a Penelope and like it's like the funniest thing like a little chonky pug and her name is Penelope. I just, I, I thought it was the funniest thing. And now it's like, obviously, you know, she's my daughter. So I'm obsessed, but like, she's really funny. And so she like knows her name and stuff. And so when I tell other people, she like looks at me like, yeah, that's my name. It's so funny, but I don't have cats, but I'm obsessed with watching cats on TikTok. They're so fun. I like cats and dogs. I really want a dog, but it's not the time for me. But yeah, TikTok really highlights how funny cats oh can be. Gosh. The, people make like 
like videos of like cats attacking their Christmas tree. <laughs> like it's yes, so- I'm looking at my tree now. It's a whole <laughs> stressful process. That's the one thing. It's since it's a holiday episode, I can say you yeah. if your cat is attacking your Christmas tree, bless you because I know that's really hard. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine, but it's also so funny. Like it is. hilarious. It is. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. So yeah, so I love how you. So did you? So you you became a dietitian in 2019. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been a dietitian since 2019. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So like pre-pandemic before the world ended. Um, so yeah, so that, that's so crazy. So you were like only a dietitian for a small amount of time before everything kind of shut down. Okay. That's yeah. So is that how you started? Like a are you virtual? Um, no, I have, I'm in person and virtual. So I actually, yeah, I started at a group practice. I was hired before I finished my internship. So I feel like I was seeing folks in person for almost a year Mm -hmm. before the pandemic hit. And yeah, that really shifted things. It's yeah, it's really weird to look at in hindsight, because I think it just really rocked the world. And yeah. We all kind of lost time in some ways. And mm-hmm. it was a really hard time for people, especially around food. You know, like there's so much that came oh, up from people gosh. being home and like not having other sources of pleasure. And yeah, it was it was tough. I found personally that a lot of my patients like regressed a little bit in their recovery because, mm-hmm. you know, when the world is like on fire and there's no control and like there's nothing that you could do about it the one thing that you really can control is like food and movement Mm -hmm. to an extent you know because like gyms were closed and things like that um so I definitely found that like it was really a horrible time for like for so many reasons but that for sure was like a huge shift I feel like in like populations almost if you will Mm -hmm. um so yeah I agree I think you know I don't count the past three years, so I just subtract it from my age. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> I think, like, I don't know if you're noticing this, but there's something about this year of things feeling like there's more normalcy. And I just feel like people, I don't know, like feels like the time is really flying this year oh, because yeah. we lost all this time. I agree. Yeah. I think because it was like stag, it felt, things felt stagnant. Mm-hmm. for so long and it was kind of like groundhog's day a little bit yes. oh my and gosh absolutely. now it's like almost business as usual if you will mm-hmm. um so I do I agree I cannot believe this year is already over like it's insane yeah yeah I think it's brought me to reflect more on like how I view time and like how is time going by this fast I don't get it yeah, I wish we could just revert. Like in some ways, I wish we can go back to a few years ago and get all that time back. Me too. I really listen. If I find a time machine, I will call you and we will get out. <laughs> we'll of take that trip. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah. So PCOS, right, is something that you work with. I also work with. I have PCOS. You have PCOS. Um. And I think it's, you know, such a complicated situation syndrome whatever you want to call it and I don't think unless if you've had it or you have it people I don't think really can understand what it's like because it's Mm -hmm. so like all over the place and we were we were chatting prior to recording and I I believe that I had PCOS from like maybe like 16 like I think like 15 16 was like when I feel like 
I was exhibiting symptoms. Um, and I didn't get diagnosed officially by like a doctor until 2013. Mm, oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. it was like a long time. And, and I, and as we were talking, I told you that like the first person to ever even tell me what PCOS was, was a dietitian that I was seeing many years ago. Mm-hmm. I think I started to see her in December, 2010. Yeah. Oh, wow. She was like, I think you have something called PCOS. And I'm like, what's that? Yeah. You know, that was kind of the thing. And so back back then and even now, people's first thing to go to in terms of like, quote unquote, treating PCOS is like trying to lose weight. Like mm-hmm. telling you that you should lose weight and it's going to solve everything. And <clears throat> I can confirm that that is not the case because um, I had lost a significant amount of weight at the time and and I developed binge eating disorder and like restrictive behaviors but like I thought like okay I'm just gonna go off my birth control because I lost so much weight and I was like it has to be normal my cycle has to be normal and my cycle was in fact not normal and I didn't get my period for like six months and it was like a terrible I don't even know how to explain it it was just such a weird feeling in my body like to not Mm -hmm. like you know go through the process every month um and so yeah so obviously now you know, being in active recovery and from a weight neutral source, like my symptoms in terms of my lab work and stuff like that are pretty like within normal limits. Um, But, you know, my case isn't the same as everyone else. Each and every case is unique. So I don't know if you wouldn't want to add a little bit to that, maybe a little bit about your experience. Is that what inspired you to work with patients with PCOS? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think like I experienced something similar and I didn't really feel like I was given a clear diagnosis. I just wrote a blog post on this coincidentally, but I was like my OBGYN, I meant for my first like appointment with my OBGYN, which is like, I was like 19. So that in itself was kind of just like, it felt like I was, I don't know, like it felt like this step of womanhood. And I was like, this is weird. I don't want to do this. (laughs) And so I just had this appointment And then as the doctor was leaving the room, she said, oh, by the way, I think you have PCOS. It just means, I think you have polycystic ovarian syndrome. It just means that you might have trouble conceiving and like, but we'll talk, we can talk about that later or something. And I I had to stop her and I was like, wait, what, what did you say? (laughs) She said, oh, don't worry. We'll give you a pamphlet. And she went out and then that was that. And so they handed me a pamphlet. I was really confused. I was like, do I actually have this? Mm-hmm. I really felt unsure. And I, I find that a really common experience is that people aren't really actually talked, having they don't get conversations about it. They're not sat down. I didn't even understand what she said. I was like, polycystic, what? And then, um, yeah, so I, I kind of Googled it when I got home. I was like, I don't know if I have all of these experiences. Yeah. And so, cause PCOS now, like I know it affects mm-hmm. mood, it affects sleep. Mm-hmm. It increases your risk for certain types of cancers. There are so many things and it's hard to really grasp all of that when you're just getting told you might have this diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah. And I think it also can affect like the way you feel in your identity around being a woman. Like if that's how you identify yeah. or if, if that's who you are and like not feeling enough or not feeling like your body is like others mm-hmm. and yeah, it could make it feel very complicated. This is true. And, you know, I'm, I wish that on our time machine that we can go back to that and 
fire that doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I wish we could too. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, like people are still getting this, this like small amount of information with like mm-hmm. not a lot of context. And I find that it's mostly because a lot of doctors or OBGYNs are not well-versed in PCOS. Like it was probably like a blip on their, you know, rotations mm-hmm. or something or a, a chapter in a book that they read a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of the thing with PCOS is that it's not a one-size-fits-all diagnosis. Right. Oh, and absolutely. I call it like a spectrum where mm-hmm. like some people show very little symptoms mm-hmm. their labs may show otherwise and then they they might have problems conceiving or there's other things um and then there's people who have like a lot of symptoms that like you would read in a textbook diagnosis so to speak um mm-hmm. and so either way whichever side you're on or whichever part of the um whatever the timeline it's not a timeline the spectrum <laughs> Mm-hmm. whatever part of the spectrum you're on it's like confusing and scary and then when you have a healthcare practitioner who like is incompetent and doesn't know what they're talking about it's like very like oh yeah you might have problems conceiving because that was like the big thing that I heard yeah and, and it's I, scary to be told that like when you're young too as you're, a child literally yes. as like a child you're yes. like what do you mean you know right so, you know I think that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in PCOS Mm -hmm. And I think there's like a lot of misconceptions about PCOS and like how to quote unquote treat it. So maybe we can like go through some of those Mm -hmm. and how it relates to like in terms of like a weight neutral approach, which is Mm -hmm. something that both you and I um, use and with our patients. Um, Do you want to start off with maybe one that you can think of? Oh my gosh. Yes. I think a really big one is, um, diets being recommended for people with PCOS <laughs> for so many reasons. First, we know diets just don't work across the board, but people with PCOS research, research shows that people with PCOS are more likely to struggle with binging, more likely to struggle with eating disorders. Um, there's a lot that can show up around body image and PCOS, I'm also thinking like elevated insulin levels and how we know Mm -hmm. that can affect the weight loss process too. So when people are pursuing weight loss and that's what their doctor is telling them and they don't realize they have something that's affecting their metabolism, they can feel really discouraged and do some really, really harmful Mm -hmm. things to their bodies in response to that. So being recommended diets across the board, do not recommend that for PCOS. And, um, yeah, I don't know if you've, if you've also like found that experience to be the case. Yeah. So I did my master's thesis looking at like a systematic review of all diets and, um, PCOS management, um, Mm -hmm. for, from like, I think it was like a 10 year study. So like it was probably from 2007 to 2017, because that's when I got, when I finished it. Um, and basically the moral of the story is, is there were no consistent results with anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that. So my, uh, my, <laughs> what I said was for further research needs to be done. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, um, a lot of these studies are very weight biased. Mm-hmm. It's like so annoying. And like once I came to this conclusion, which you and I were talking about how we came to becoming weight neutral practitioners, 
I was like, so basically every single research study I've ever read is like not accurate because it's Mm -hmm. from such a biased standpoint in terms Mm -hmm. of weight. So a lot of these studies, if they looked at like amount of weight lost, right? Pounds, percentage, whatever, BMI, change in trash BMI. Mm -hmm. um, It didn't look at anything else. Like, yes, they did look at labs and stuff like that. So oftentimes you would see like diets that were higher in fiber, Mm-hmm. you would see um a like a lower uh a1c over time which mm-hmm. like again leads us to like weight neutral recommendations right. um, so yes. I, I was picking up things like that and only until like a few years after I finished my thesis was mm-hmm. I like oh so like maybe they should look at like those things mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, there's something called quote, quote unquote lean PCOS, right? So those mm-hmm. are patients with PCOS that aren't considered to be quote unquote overweight, quote unquote obese, um, but they exhibit a lot of the other symptoms. So it's like, so if a patient that has quote unquote lean PCOS comes to you, are you going to tell them to lose weight to manage their PCOS? Mm-hmm. No. So why are you telling everyone else to do something that isn't really going to be beneficial in the long run so I'm not saying that like you should or you shouldn't lose weight intentionally that's like your decision but in terms of like what's actually going to help you we know that long-term diets don't work so yeah you'll lose weight initially but like how long are you going to maintain it and then again the weight cycling aspect of Mm it of the yeah and how is that affecting your PCOS if you are pursuing weight loss but you're actually binging which you're more likely to do with PCOS how is that affecting your health your well-being your quality of life these are the questions people aren't asking and then I think it also goes back to like these providers Mm. they haven't really looked through the research right they I think a lot of these physicians that also are just kind of saying we'll give you a pamphlet it seems like they don't have a very good understanding of what PCOS is and so if you're feeling confused it's because you're learning from providers that are also very confused yeah. and may have a hard time saying like, oh, I actually don't know the answer to that. Which like, it would be so much easier if doctors actually said that. And I'm sure you've encountered this throughout your, you know, your time in practice. But like, I I catch these physicians, not necessarily just PCOS, but like other things, mm-hmm. not diagnosing people. And I'm like, how are you telling me that this person's labs are like all over the place in terms of like thyroid t3 t4 all this stuff and then they're saying oh but this one's fine so you're fine but like the patient's complaining of like extreme lethargy and mood Mm -hmm. swings and I'm like so basically they don't know what they're saying and they don't know what they're doing so say like let me refer this out but like of course they're not going to do that because why would they do their job Mm -hmm. um that's a whole other story um and the way that you explain it is so much nicer than me I'm like kind of like a little bitter towards these doctors because (laughs) I've you know you and I have seen how much harm like where patients are really scared to go to the doctor because Mm -hmm. they don't want to be weighed because they don't want to be fat shamed um and it's unfortunate that people avoid going to the doctors because I completely understand like why someone would not want to go because why would you want to get updated labs when the doctor's just going to make you feel like crap and like tell Mm -hmm. you to go on keto or Optavia or whatever, because they're all unqualified to give diet recommendations. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause it's like, like, and I, and I tell people, I'm like, 
in a hospital setting, the dietitian is the one who like prescribes the diet. Yeah, like depending on what facility you're in, the the doctor might have to approve the order. Mm-hmm. But I fought many doctors to change, even encouraging them to change um, medications because patients mm-hmm. were like on metformin, on insulin for diabetes management. And then they were like going super low and super high. And I'm like, so you don't think maybe it has something to do with these medications and then you know they would be like oh yeah like maybe I'll, let me take a look like yeah dude, that's <laughs> right. your job not my yes. job but I'm you know, so <laughs> I think people like it suspect that doctors know so much and, yeah. and don't get me wrong there are great 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 100%. providers and also like we were just talking about it like there are some people we know from co- like our yep. different times at college that we're just uh, like 100 percent. Oh, no, this is this person the doctor now and it's yeah it's I just think that people start to really question themselves and their bodies when a doctor tells them something and so don't discount what you know you're experiencing because exactly, how you feel matters and if mm-hmm. something feels wrong or off you make them, and I tell my patients all the time, if the doctor like r- refuses to acknowledge something or address something, say, can you put it in my note Yes, that I am requesting assistance or treatment for this, this and that, and you are denying it or you aren't going to provide it, get a, get a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And that it'll change their tune real quick because right. unfortunately they take advantage of people who don't advocate for themselves or don't it's know. It's true. Which if I didn't work in the healthcare field, I totally understand why people just like take what the doctor says and they're like, okay, well, the doctor said to do this, so I should mm-hmm. do this. And yeah. Like, I think people don't know you can and should advocate yes. for yourselves. Like you do not need to just take what they say and go home with that and feel discouraged. Like you can go in there with your list of questions and thoughts and it's, yeah, like you deserve that. You deserve 100%. that information. A hundred percent. So yeah, I think that, you know, when he talks about a lot of like common misconceptions about PCOS, like the weight thing is definitely like a big obstacle for many reasons, right? So we know that like the healthcare system um, is biased against people who live in larger size bodies and oftentimes won't provide necessary medications, um, surgeries because of someone's weight status. And it is true that for some patients with PCOS, a higher weight status is what they experience. And it doesn't, mm-hmm. and like I explained, like I I always thought that I would have always ended up in a larger size body. I've always been in some level of a larger size body my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And I exercise regularly. I eat, you know, healthy in what is accessible and makes sense for me. My labs mm-hmm. are all stunning, beautiful. So like, yeah, I'm a fat person, but it doesn't mean that I'm unhealthy. Now, does that mean that's the same for every other person in this earth? No, each mm-hmm. person should be evaluated. But some people with PCOS just end up in larger size bodies and like, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I wish that there was more conversation about size diversity and how, yeah, PCOS can affect that experience. Yeah, because it's like everyone's baseline for their body is like different. So if you're someone who has PCOS who has struggled with like a lot of different things, including weight cycling, Mm -hmm. restrictive eating, eating disorder, whatever, it's going to impact your metabolism. It's going to impact how your body functions. And so, you know, I always thought like, oh, if I 
maybe like wasn't put on a diet when I was like seven or eight or like I didn't know that my weight was a problem when I was a child or you know any of the other traumatic events of my childhood Mm -hmm. maybe I wouldn't have quote-unquote like gained as much weight as I did which Mm -hmm. I definitely can track like when my symptoms for PCOS started to really become prevalent right and I did see a large gain in weight at that time and I was like actively trying to restrict actively Weight Watchers, I should sue them because of for emotional oh distress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I I, 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 I feel like you 14 year olds. Oh my God. I know. But I, I feel like you mentioned something that I think is also important is sometimes with PCOS, right? Like people might notice their symptoms, their PCOS symptoms go up alongside of like a weight change, specifically mm-hmm. weight gain. And I think it's also important to be able to have a neutral conversation around like, yeah, sometimes weight gain can happen alongside mm-hmm. other PCOS symptoms. And it's not something that's just in your head. Like that's actually yes. happening. You might feel really frustrated with your body. That might affect your relationship with food. You might feel pressure to overcompensate and diet. But in reality, what you should respond with is like gentleness, check in with your self-care. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you taking your meds and or supplements? Um, Kind of making sure that you're treating your body with love, kindness, respect in those moments. Because I think it's what can also make it hard for people with PCOS, where they're like, what's going on? I'm not doing anything. Why am I gaining weight? Exactly. And I think, you know, any weight change, whether it's gain or loss, is neutral, like you said. And I think Mm -hmm. reiterating that until we're blue in the face, until like, our patients and you guys who are listening internalize it is so important um because like bodies are just bodies and like our bodies are going to continue to change throughout our lifetime if we make it on this earth because who knows it's the apocalypse so right we'll see what happens stay tuned for season whatever (laughs) we're on now um but no it's true and so just because so even though we are weight neutral dietitians it doesn't mean that like if you all of a sudden have like a huge change in your weight that that means that, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It means like, okay, maybe we need to like pull labs. Maybe we mm-hmm. need to see what else is going on because labs are a huge indicator of right. like what levels of your um, hormones and things like that, that really could impact your weight status. Um, right. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm sure, I don't know if you've experienced this or what your opinion is on this, but I think there's like such shame around patients with PCOS taking medication. Oh my God. Yes. I, I was actually why. just thinking- to mention that too yes I it makes me so bad because I think it stops people from really accessing the tools that are going to help them yeah. feel better going to prevent the things like cancer that can be increased yeah. risk with PCOS I think there needs to be a lot more normalizing like yeah medication can be really helpful for managing your PCOS and it's important to not try to um, gaslight yourself into thinking yeah. you don't need medication as someone who did, because I thought like, oh, no, I can control it with my diet. Yes, there are things that you can do nutrition-wise, diet-wise, lifestyle-wise that can potentially impact your labs, right? The things that are probably not within normal limits. But like, I'm a medicated queen. Like, mm-hmm. I take spironolactone, I take metformin, and I'm on birth control. I have been on this regimen for since I was officially diagnosed. So going Mm -hmm. on 10 years. And like, I think for a while, I was like, not telling anyone like when I first Mm -hmm. I wasn't a dietitian at the time, by the way, I was like, post first 
uh, degree going into my second degree. Um, but I was like, oh my God, like, I don't like, I don't know, are people going to judge me? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm on all this above and well, Butrin because I have anxiety. <laughs> yes. so, like, I'm, like, I yell it from the rooftops because it's like, yeah. if it is going to make me feel better, like I used to have really dark hair on my mm-hmm. arms, on my body, like, and I'm Greek and Italian. So like I got mm-hmm. dark hair. So like, yeah, I still had more hair on my head. That's oh, right. The PCOS struggle. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. PCOS. But yeah. like, you know, once those like labs kind of like normalized, I don't really have those problems. Like I still unfortunately have to shave my legs, mm-hmm. um, which again, like you don't have to shave your legs if you don't want to, but like I do. So, and mm-hmm. honestly, I don't really do it in the winter, only if I'm getting a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> I, I hear you, team yeah. winter hairy legs. But I was gonna I was gonna say, like, yes, I wish that there was just a lot more open conversation about yeah. mods and PCOS. I really, yeah, it's something that's been on my mind a lot because I think it makes people feel like they just need to go on a diet and then everything's going to be better. Let me tell you, you can take all the supplements in the world, but number one, supplements are not FDA regulated. I don't care if they're organic from a baby cow's behind. (laughs) Not FDA regulated. We don't know what's in it. Is that to say all supplements are the devil? No. But if you're taking a bunch of supplements that you see an influencer who quote unquote lost all this weight on this diet and took all these supplements and this, this, and that, like per people's personal experiences should not be used for the masses. Right. We learned mm-hmm. like when studying research studies, one person or even 10 people or even a hundred people, their results cannot be generalized for the general population. So mm-hmm. now you can take each case on its own. So obviously like my experience is not the same as your experience or is the same as anyone else's experience, but we can mm-hmm. talk about these things. And, you know, feeling better and taking a medication, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't know why people, and these aren't like crazy medications that like no one knows about. These medications have been around for a really long time. It has been well studied. And my doctor that when she put me on everything, like I had elevated insulin levels but my a1c my hemoglobin a1c was normal um Mm. so so what that means is that like I wasn't experiencing such high and low um dips and rises of my blood sugar levels but like Mm -hmm. there's like a potential for that to have been an issue and so she just was like let's just put you on this and let's see how you do and like Mm -hmm. ever since then I've never had a problem so yeah you know it's just like part of my life and part of my day and it's like I don't even think about it but Mm -hmm. yeah imagine like if I was someone who wasn't me who wasn't a dietitian and I was like scrolling on TikTok PCOS lifestyle and I see this girl so who like stuff. looks so pretty and is probably white and probably has a lot of money and she's doing mm-hmm. her, you know, PCOS smoothie. You're going to mm-hmm. go and want to buy all that shit too, because you're like, oh, wow, she looks so happy and great. And she quote unquote mm-hmm. cured her PCOS. Yeah. And like, maybe it will help. Maybe it won't help. You want to have a smoothie, go ahead. But right. like, also like you can take medication too, if that's what you feel is best. And like, mm-hmm. you're struggling and you just want to like feel better and have some sort of like normalcy, you know, on a day to day basis. Like the the problems that that you and I are talking about, these are things that like I would wake up and the first thing I would think about are these things. Mm-hmm. And I would go to sleep and the you know. Oh so, yeah. So you know, to not even have to, I don't even think about it now, thankfully. But like, mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of people out there struggling and like makes me sad you know oh I agree yeah and I feel like if you can even reframe it as preventative care right yes. like you're going to prevent your PCOS from like causing other issues that to help you feel better really exploring it as something that's important and it, it's not a bad thing to take and like working closely with a team that you trust so you can also tell your team if you're feeling nervous about it so they can explain to you why they trust it why they recommend it but yeah that's something that I'm so glad you mentioned yeah thank you me too I think it's just something that I don't see spoken and like yes like there are things nutrition wise meal balance wise nutrient wise that you know can Mm -hmm. help but again the word is can help doesn't mean there's an automatic cause and effect Mm -hmm. of you know you eat this way and this is what's going to happen because like we've seen even patients that have diabetes that have like the continuous glucose monitor Mm -hmm. different things impact each and every one of our own blood sugar levels differently so something that might spike you might not spike me so like Mm -hmm. why would we be doing the same thing if that makes sense for sure yeah individualized care is where it's at I just hope more people get on board I agree I completely agree so do you find that like a lot of the patients that come to you that do have PCOS are they hesitant because they've been like brainwashed into thinking that they have to lose weight Mm. I find I think because I'm like super clear I went around my message I think a lot of people are somewhat familiar with my approach I think when it becomes hardest is if something comes up and it's like affecting their body image and they're like they start to second guess themselves so I I find that a lot of people reach out no deep down like oh pursuing weight loss really didn't work. And I want to support my health and my PCOS. And every now and then things will come up where they'll second guess themselves, kind of like going back to listening to a provider that maybe doesn't know much about PCOS. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And also I feel like this holiday season, oh my gosh, this year was really a shit show, like Thanksgiving. And it's been like a lot, like, and I feel- I'm like on my phone at the ready waiting for my patients to like, oh, yeah. because, you know, everyone is obsessed with that mm-hmm. injection medication that everyone's mm-hmm. taking and it's going to cure everything and make everything a million times better, which let's see in 10 years when right. we're looking back on weight loss surgery and it wasn't as great as everyone thought it was. So, right. I agree. Yeah. I think the conversations this year are more intense. Yeah. I feel like the week after Thanksgiving, oh my gosh, so many of my clients, like it's, it's been really, really hard. Yeah. And just feeling like it's hard to not internalize it when you're sitting with all these family members or, you you know, you have a full holiday season of annoying conversations coming up. And that's when I'm like, okay, you need to check in with what can you do to protect yourself, protect your energy, because it's not fair for you to have to internalize that no oh we should just get t-shirts like shut up no one cares about blah blah or blah blah because it's just like and I think like because people are getting their information from surprise surprise social media and like mainstream Mm -hmm. media where you know that's a whole other thing but it's just like not as simple as what people make it sound to be and again, this medication hasn't just been created this year or even last year. Yeah. It's been around for a while and it, right. it's used for patients with diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, so why right now it's like, 
everyone's obsessed it's because everyone's obsessed and everyone wants because they hate fat people that's what it is that's mm-hmm. just what it comes down to 100 um, yeah it's just annoying and it's sad that patients mm-hmm. have to deal with this trash nonsense but you know it's something that like when you work with a dietitian like yourself or I like we are there to support you and help you like get through it and like can um guess what is it like act out like a situation of how to like handle it yes you know, oh my gosh like some sample scripts together yeah, yeah, yes yeah. yes oh my gosh yeah, yeah. Like, you can leave the room you can be like oh my god I'm you know I'm gonna go take a quick phone call I'm gonna go for a walk or change the subject oh my god like, oh my god yeah. guys, I gotta go take a shit <laughs> because what they're talking about is literal crap so I feel like that would really shock people yeah you should go with Kimmy's recommendations don't go with mine because I just like because I'm so like what's the word where like I'm like very sassy about it because you know I I don't experience a lot I guess because people get it now and they understand Mm -hmm. like me and like the position that I take on these things where like I guess people don't really bring it up to me like in family and like friend circles so maybe they're spared my wrath <laughs> but <That's good>. <laughs> <laughs> or we can like record us saying something I could just play it on speaker that that would be a good idea too oh my gosh I know you're having it ready on standby love it yes. um so yeah so I think that you know PCOS is a really complex metabolic syndrome um and I don't know uh, was there a recent change in the diagnostic criteria um I don't believe diagnostic criteria that I that I know of but I think there was an updated updated recommendations but I haven't combed through them quite yeah I need to work on my list but I saw something I, I may have made it up um, yeah, but I could be wrong. Maybe there's something that happened. Yeah, I'm sure there it. was nothing groundbreaking. Okay, oh, really. I hope is... I didn't miss it if it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we would have. I think we both follow like enough people that we probably would have seen something. But who yeah. knows? Um, but I think like ultimately, like our biggest takeaway for this is like even if you don't have PCOS, like let's say you have something else, like Hashimoto's. There's like a million other things that you mm-hmm. can have. Like first and foremost, like see how you feel like listen to your body don't just take what other people are telling you you should feel or telling you like what's wrong quote-unquote wrong Mm -hmm. with you um because it takes away your own personal ability to like check in with yourself and assess how you're feeling Mm -hmm. and I think that's like a very big disservice to any patient for them not to like be able to be in tune with their own bodies Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a good reminder. And it's something that like we all need to be reminded of at times. A hundred percent. And I mm-hmm. I've I came one of the things that I personally struggled with with my anxiety was like I would rate my anxiety every day. And that's how like I would know like if I was feeling better, if I wasn't. And that's mm-hmm. how I learned like the medication that I first was put on like really wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So I did my own research and I found yeah. that should work and you can always ask a doctor like hey I did my research and I looked up this medication 
And I think like, it might be something that would be helpful for me. Like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like really stepping into being your own advocate. And also like reminding yourself that you can like you're smart enough. Mm-hmm. And that like you can speak for yourself and seeing your doctor as someone you can collaborate with or your prescriber exactly. as someone that you can collaborate with. Yeah, people like when I tell them that I told my doctor what medication to put me on, they thought I was like, Oh my god, no, you didn't. I was like, No, I literally <laughs> did. That's I, so funny. I love it. Yeah, because I looked up because PCOS we know comes with like mental health obstacles, mm-hmm. one of which is like depression and anxiety. And um I have like had that like my whole life. So mm-hmm. um I wish like again it was addressed earlier, but it wasn't. And like mm-hmm. I didn't recognize that, like, oh wait, what you're feeling like isn't normal. So mm-hmm. normal for anyone. Like you shouldn't be walking around like someone stabbed you in the chest with a sword and then it was just stuck mm-hmm. there all day long. Like that was oh my gosh. And it was yes. Ugh. 10 out of 10 you don't mean. recommend. Don't but... recommend either. Yeah. And so like when I started to feel better and the pain wasn't there, I would like be so scared that the pain would come back. So then I would like hype mm-hmm. myself out and like whatever. So now the medication that I'm on, Wellbutrin, is a good fit for me. So I'm grateful mm-hmm. that like I like found something that works. But it, you know, our, some people are on multiple medications. Everyone's different. Everyone reacts differently. And that's mm-hmm. why like when you see like um the like warnings like oh couldn't experience this or that they like list everything under the sun because you know if a patient um reports experiencing any of those things they're gonna like have to put a warning on it to cover their asses obviously (laughs) really not even about us it's about them that's so funny (laughs) (laughs) Um, um yeah so I think you know I think we like touched on some like really basic but important topics is there anything that you would like to add to what we were saying so no I don't think so I feel like we covered a good range me too I think so and I would love for you to come back on in the new year if we all make it to the new year oh my god I know fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) on wood I'm knocking on my head (laughs) um thank you so much for coming on um everyone all of Kimmy's social media stuff and contact info will be in the show notes so please go and follow her and go and check out her stuff and you mentioned your blog so we'll link oh, yeah, yeah it's right on my website yeah bodyondernutrition.com okay. yeah we'll link everything and thank you so much kimmy thank you guys for listening um i will see you guys in the next episode thank you Thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode. I hope you found it helpful, insightful, and thank you, Kimmy, for coming on um, and recording this episode with me. Um, If you guys enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes of the All Bodies Nutrition Podcast, please consider giving me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It really, really helps me and my small business, and I am eternally grateful. I will see you guys for day 10 of the 12 Days of Christmas.